Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lay spirit called gin. And on today's episode, we welcome back Kate Dinwall, wine and spirits expert, journalist, and co-author of our upcoming gin cookbook. Welcome, Kate. And I'm super excited to have you back because today we're going to share the ins and outs of infusing our own gin. But first, as with all episodes, let's start by sharing what we are drinking today. Now, Kate, you get to go first. What are you drinking today? I'm very excited because it's like summers, end of spring, we're getting all these beautiful fresh herbs. My herb garden is really bountiful right now. So I'm very excited to make some mojitos and add Mm. a little basil in there this week too. So get a little herbaceousness to it. So I am going to be putting all sorts of herbs in my cocktails, maybe a Ginny mojito situation. I'm in. Awesome. That sounds absolutely lovely. I'm actually having a rose and gin Negroni. It's basically a Negroni, but with a little splash of rose water. So light and refreshing, and it really brings out the the flavors of the gin mixed with the Campari. Oh, it's just so good. Okay. All right. Now that we've taken care of our cocktails, let's chat. I'd love to know, first of all, how does one become a spirits expert? Because I'm kind of thinking of heading that way. <laughs> It's you definitely have to be nerdy, which I'm sure you'll fit the bill on. I'm also a nerd, definitely in the gin world. I love researching stuff, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, you have to get really excited about all different kinds of things. Like when I see a new bottle on the shelf, I go nuts. I'm sitting in the liquor store on Google trying to figure out who made it and what's in it. Yes. It's very, very, you have to be really excited about it. Well, so that I definitely am. Uh, I also did several kind of courses and certifications to make right. sure my knowledge was up to snuff. I've spent quite a lot of time kind of trotting around the world, visiting distilleries and chatting with distillers and kind of seeing the behind the scenes as well and seeing how the gin is made. Also did a lot of taste testing. So that certainly helps. Absolutely. And I know you have formal education and certification stuff. Can you do that in Canada or do you have to go to like Europe or somewhere to actually get your official kind of certifications and things? You can do that in Canada. And right now you can actually do it online as well. Mm. There's a kind of global organization called the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. They offer wine courses, they offer spirits courses, and they offer kind of combined courses at many different levels. You can come in and do a very entry level course that'll introduce you to different wines and like the basic knowledge of what we know and the basic knowledge of what you know in different spirit categories as well. And the more nerdy you want to get, the more you can (laughs) move up those levels, get into like specific wine courses, specific spirits courses, there's sake courses, and they're all taught by really fantastic industry experts. Hmm, that sounds something that I really need to look into then. Aside from just my taste testing and distillery touring <laughs> knowledge, I yeah, I'm really interested in the formal side of it. Okay, so infusing gin. First of all, why would I even want to do that? Isn't gin like already totally filled with botanicals? It definitely is, Heather, but I like to think of it as kind of upgrading your favorite gin. 
you could compare it a little bit to flavored vodka. Vodka on its own has a very specific taste, but once right. you add that flavoring, it really boosts up those flavors. You get a more concentrated, rich, complex flavors. And that can be used in a whole range of applications, which is really fun as well. I love to make a few different infusions and keep them in my fridge. They last quite a while if you do them properly. And when the mood hits, I'll make all sorts of different things. And even if you're creative, if you're not creative, et cetera, there's an infusion for you. Okay. So then what kinds of things can I infuse into my gin? Honestly, probably anything. I've seen people infuse everything from peanut butter to smoke to... Just general citrus in gin. It's really interesting. You can even do candies. I've seen friends do kind of anything from like jelly bean infused gins, lollipop infused gins to beautiful citrus, fresh herbs, whatever you kind of have on hand. Wow. I could never imagine putting peanut butter in my gin. There, are, I love peanut butter, but that is probably a line I would have to draw. <laughs> yeah, gin and peanut butter, no go. I heard I'm allergic to peanut butter, so that's a general no go. Okay. For me. But I've had friends infuse peanut butter with whiskey, and it was apparently fantastic. Wow, never mm-hmm. ever would have even contemplated that. I think it just adds a subtle kind of creaminess and nuttiness that works really, really well in cocktails. I may have to try that just for the, <laughs> the fun, of <laughs> <laughs> just to see. I <laughs> okay, so how do we infuse gin? What's the basic process? There are a few different ways you can do it. You can do it kind of in your freezer and kind of amplify those. It's a lot slower of a process. Usually I just add kind of those botanicals to a gin, to a mason jar. Mm-hmm. I like starting with small amounts. So right. I'll do maybe a six ounce mason jar to test out, see if the flavors are going to work. If they're not, put it in a dark area. I usually like to leave it for a week. Make sure it's there's no sunlight coming in there because that'll actually kind of turn those ingredients bad. And then you're going to get in, gin infused with like rotten citrus. And no one ah! wants that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I infuse quite a few things. I <laughs> In my cupboard or fridge, I actually probably have good five or six going at any time. Here's the question though. Like, let's say for example, I'm putting cinnamon sticks. Like I want to make cinnamon gin, which is actually one of my favorite ones. Do I just leave the cinnamon sticks in it and then just use the gin? Or after a week, do I take everything out? Does it get more potent the longer I leave it, I guess is the question. After about a week, you probably max out on that cinnamon. So you could even just strain it out and bada bing, bada boom, you've got that cinnamon gin. You're not going to get a lot more flavors on that. Okay, cool. Good to know because I cook with cinnamon gin a lot, not just in my cocktails, but I cook with Mm -hmm. it. So it's uh, amazing in apple pie and pretty much, well, anything you would normally put cinnamon, put cinnamon gin in because it is extra tasty. Do you have a favorite infusion, Kate? I've had a few I really, really love. I love a dirty martini. So anything in kind of, I'll add a lot more like fennel mm. like dill oh, to my okay. gin and then push it in a dirty martini. I love a kind of a oniony martini. So oh, yes. I like a little bit of a herby infusion to just bring out those flavors and get that really kind of savory herbaceous martini there. And it's super low effort at that point. You just kind of little bit of vermouth, a little bit of this infused gin, and you've got a very quick weeknight martini, which is fantastic. I love doing gins with a little bit of citrus too. And those are quicker infusions. You can do those in a couple days, even a couple hours if you're feeling real low maintenance. 
just right. a little bit of citrus. Grapefruit is really lovely as well. Lemon, mm. really nice, really fresh. And you mentioned this earlier, but because you have those really strong botanicals in gin, right. you want to be careful with what you're infusing with. Like <laughs> yes, adding exactly. a lot of those botanicals may throw it off and may completely ruin the flavors. I like to use super neutral gins, like Gordon's is a really good one, like just to make sure that like I'm not battling with the flavors and those botanicals that are already in the gin. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. So in most cases, we're using a very traditional London dry. I like to infuse a lot of gin and I'm very careful about which gin I use because as you mentioned, there's so many out there with just so many great botanicals already. So yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. What can I use a gin fusion for? Now, I know we just talked about obviously a cocktail, but is there multiple uses, I guess, for a gin fusion? Yeah, depending on what you're using it. I'm sure you can weigh in on the cooking side, but yeah. like if you infuse gin with some berries, maybe put it over like a little bit of a fruit salad or something, add a little kick, but you can use those botanicals or the flavors that you're infusing your gin with and have it balance out different things that you're cooking or drinking with etc. It's a really kind of infusions really open up the world of possibilities that you have with gin, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Little like winter spice, cinnamon, fur, cloves mm -hmm. in the winter and kind of having that on hand for maybe like a mulled wine situation, a cocktail situation, like pairing it through like Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner. Ooh. Like it really opens up what you can do with gin and really turns it from just like a London dry martini situation mm -hmm. to a really, really versatile spirit. Absolutely. And yes, it, I mean, the infusions are basically is one of the main reasons I started cooking with gin because it's like, here's this really awesome infusion. Well, what can I do with it? And that's when I really started experimenting with it for the cookbook in particular. And even just something as simple as creating your own vanilla gin. Mm -hmm. I never buy vanilla ever. I always replace it with some kind of infused gin in all my baking, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I love a good gin fusion. All right. Any big fails you've ever had that were like, oh, that was a bad one? I think it tends to be when I forget they're in my fridge and I pull them out. I'm like, oh, sweet Lord, what is this? Cardamom has been one of my favorites, but also one of my least favorites because it's so cardamomy. <laughs> it's so nice in cooking, but in cocktails, I'm always like, oh, sweet Lord, this is terrible. Too much of a good Too thing. Too much. Yeah. Even possible. Yes. Yeah. So any other gin fusion, gin incident type little stories that we want to share as we finish up? Ooh, that's a good question. Sometimes it's even as easy as not cutting your ingredients up thick enough. Like you popped a whole carrot in there. You're not going to get anything. You're just going <laughs> to get a really true. skinny carrot. <laughs> Very true. When you really do it yourself, it really ups your cocktails and really ups your baking. I look forward to sharing a bunch of our recipes with everyone listening because they're seriously going to blow your mind. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. For everyone to try it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So there you have it. All you need to know about starting infusing your own gin. Thank you so much, Kate, for being here again today. And be sure to check out the show notes for links to Kate and the ginshop.ca for all your gin-tastic clothing and gin novelty needs. Until next time, remember, according to chemists, gin is a solution, 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspire, brought to you by theginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, drop us a note heather at theginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin. <laughs>